Hey Siri. Uh-huh. Take me to the Joe Beaver Show. 1240 Joe Radio. One option is Joe Crow Reservoir in Oregon. Is that the one you're looking for? No. Which the Joe Beaver? The Joe Beaver Show. 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. Are we near Oregon? And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in. We're in studio, and as much as we enjoy Mondays in the Jack and Jenny Wilborn Media Room, it's nice. I almost feel, John, that we're back home in studio and able a little bit more, uh, eh, slightly slightly more control over yes. proceedings. And yesterday we had a brief interlude. Yeah. With apologies, I think, to Eugene O'Neill, or is that a strange interlude? Either way, pardon me while I have a strange, must be strange, Groucho, Animal Crackers, turns and looks at the camp, walks away in the middle of talking to Margaret Dumont or somebody else, and then, excuse me while I have a strange interlude, and walks and looks in the camera and goes through these ridiculous soliloquies. So we had a brief strange interlude yesterday where I had to jump on the downward dog phone line, and you reconnected us beautifully, brilliantly, adroitly, quickly, and got us back into a, a studio-like connection. But it's nice to actually be in the studio today. Yeah, it really is. Uh, we, we can, like you say, we can control control things. I will say this. We have a new policy. We're not doing anything that's not direct line. So we spent some time yesterday, had a great burger over at Benchwarmers on 9th Street in Corvallis, which... Takes me right into letting the listener know what we have coming up. We are going to be at Benchwarmers Friday from 11 to 1. Uh, they will have a Beaver Backer lunch and drink special. Uh, you can put your name in the head of Hopper, as Doug wrote down here, <laughs> to win some great prizes. H-E-T-A, not the actual proper spelling. H-E-D-D-A? H-E-D-D-A, yeah. exactly. Anyway. Uh, tickets to Saturday's uh, game, of course, and that's a... Hey, and we're not talking Idaho anymore now. This is the Washington Huskies and two pair to give away, Doc. Yes. Uh, some bowling games. And uh, I went bowling recently um, with my son when he was in town. And uh, let's just say that it's uh, gone up in price since I used to pay a quarter <laughs> for a game and <clears throat> 10 cents for the shoes. Uh, passes to the Melanchek's Haunted Corn Maze, three pair to give away. That's always a big deal. And that's up and running now or at least they're getting ready to go. Give certificates to Benchwarmers Bar and Grill, which is good, too. So, uh, again, Benchwarmers Bar and Grill on 9th Street in the Plaza 9 Center in Corvallis, where Beaver fans go on game day, and we talked to them. We, we, we were there and checking out the line and everything, and it's all going to be great. Um, but they say they're busy for Beaver games. Um, that they were really busy yeah, Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, and that it's a good atmosphere. I'm wondering, speaking of that, as we have... A little more time. We, we, we do have some guests coming uh, in the first hour in particular. Angie Machado from BeaverBlitz.com, 
I want to talk to Angie from her perspective in the recruiting world about some numbers that were thrown out. Nick Daschle tweeted this, and it's been retweeted by many, but I asked Angie, you know, was that tweet true? Is it true? Is he right? Hmm. 56 four-star recruits on the USC roster, the Beavers, seven. 45-27 Beavs. Now, how, how much of an anomaly is it? How What's the difference between four and threes? Because the Beavers have plenty of threes. Right. Just kind of getting back to how big, in a sense, of an upset was that when the Beavers were, that night in the Coliseum for 60 minutes, the better team. It wasn't as though you had a USC team overlooking Oregon State or anything else. In fact, I would think quite the opposite, given their status and state of affairs with uh, Clay Helton being fired, their big win the previous week. I do think there may have been some diminishment in the enthusiasm that we talked about with Jackson Dart, whom he came on so amazingly in Pullman that I think that kind of lifted everybody up in the USC camp. And then when they found out, well, meniscus surgery is out, that may have led to uh, just when we thought we had our guy. I mean, there could have been right. a little bit of a flattening of that mood, whatever. But Angie will join us at 11.20, and we'll get her thought about the 56-7 to four-star, the Petros Papadakis advanced notion during the game. There's not a single player on the Oregon State roster that USC recruited with any seriousness. And Angie says that she combed over, she heard Petros say it, she went through mm-hmm. the entire roster, knows the recruiting stories of of virtually everyone on the roster. That's what she does at beaverblitz.com. My wife was irritated by that comment. Well, irritated, but it is at all. She may have been irritated, and it may have even, uh, it struck me as, that can't quite be right. I mean, the Beavers have to have a player, too, that USC might have liked. Sure. But Angie said, no, he's right. Really? There was no, Jamar Jefferson a year ago would have been an exception Except that even with Jamar, it was SC kind of almost a Mac Brown uh, coming in real late mm-hmm, right. after Oregon State had offered, and there was a, a sense of hey, that guy's pretty good. Late in the game, they came to a lifelong USC fan and offered, and Jamar stayed with his commitment to Oregon State. I, I'd be curious to know how that compares with other Pac-12 teams. Right. If there are any other Pac-12 teams where you can say. No players. Now, again, the Beavers are coming out of being mired and losing, so that's totally understandable. But when, you know, Oregon State is in that that area that they were, where they're averaging seven, eight wins a year, is it the same thing? Right. That's a good question. Can you say the same thing? And Angie will join us to talk about a number of things, including just the upsurge of enthusiasm, activity on her, uh, in her lodge message boardroom, the interaction with Beaver Nation in the lodge, from beaverblitz.com, which covers the Beavers intensively, and we talked to young Carter Bonds yesterday. Carter does a tremendous job on the beat, as Amy Schwartz and Marcus Greaves and others have done. And in previous years, Beaver Blitz does a great job, and Angie will join us. It's been a while since we've talked to Angie and get a little feel from her about people that have already verbally committed, uh, the recruits, uh, how they're doing, and whether she sees any sort of activity in social media as the Beavers were putting that whomping on the Trojans Mm -hmm. from her world, which she studies so closely, much more than we do, the the recruiting world and what this all could mean potentially. I think I did talk to her enough about this to know, and I agree with her, and I think we all agree on this, that 
it could mean a lot depending on what happens now from here. Yeah. You, if you yeah. follow the victory over USC with another win at home against Washington, we're talking to blue blood programs in the conference historically through the years that recruit well. Their name itself sells their program but in both cases. Washington less so than USC, but still, yeah. Washington has been a power historically in the conference. And so if the Beavers get back-to-back wins against them vis-a-vis recruiting, I think it makes an impact, particularly if we just keep following it up with more wins. Yeah, because how you know how many times have we asked her, and I'd like to get in, in a little bit more into detail <clears throat> about the nuances of this point, and that is recruits come into a game, nobody's there, and I'm not talking about Oregon State, mm-hmm. nobody's there, the team gets killed, but they commit then the next day or right. something. It's based on a relationship. It's not based on that night. Exactly. So but, does but it go you, for the other way? Exactly. If you get enough nights strung together like the Beavers just had, then maybe yes. maybe then you get people who are on the fence a little bit. They're, they're considering this school, that school, and maybe Oregon State. I, I just wonder. Again, we have no uh, idea. Yeah. What, but Angie may have a better feel for that, and we'll talk to her at 1120. Nathan Eldridge, the veteran and the anchor, the setter on the offensive line. A little bit later in the hour after practice, more open phones in the noon hour. We have requests out to various personalities from the Seattle market, including Softy, including Matt Calkins from the Seattle Times, including Christian Capel from The Athletic. Elise Woodward, sideline reporter for the Huskies, expected to join us tomorrow. Roxy Bernstein, who will have the call on the Pac-12 Network on Thursday, so we've got a lot of requests and things out. We hope to get confirmation and bookings on all of them as we go this week. And as John mentioned from the outset, we look forward to seeing many of you at Benchwarmers Bar and Grill on Northwest 9th and the Plaza 9 Center in Corvallis Friday for a Joe Beaver Roadshow 11-1. to 1. Benchwarmers, where Beaver fans go on game day. And this is my question for you, too, as we have some time to continue to savor and even revel in the victory. Where did you watch it? Did you Were you out? Did you feel like, hey, this is a little bit more like the good old days. We were out at a sports bar, and people were going crazy, and it was fun. My uh, Members of my family saw it at Squirrels and said that there were people having a great time down there. I'm just wondering if, if you were out and about a little bit in the Mid-Valley or wherever you were to see, yeah, the game captured the imagination of Beaver Nation. It was maybe as much fun as you had watching a road game in a long time. Would love to get your sense of the experience of the win. 497-5356. 497-5356. That's the Downward Dog phone line. The University Honda text line. 497-5356. Paul, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, Mike. Hey, uh, this uh, this win didn't surprise me at all. And I think that uh, maybe you see more games, but I don't know if you see USC as much as I do. But in the last couple of years, I've definitely noticed that the caliber of the player, the, the, the way the players play at USC has definitely declined. And I was absolutely, I knew in my heart that we were going to beat them and we were going to beat them really good. And there's another aspect of this whole thing, like how the Beavers are a cohesive team, how they... They're like a family. How many distractions are there here in Corvallis yeah. compared to what there is in, in, in L.A.? 
Uh, you make a good point. Mike just stepped out to answer a call because uh, we're producing the show on right. the fly. But literally, Mike is just now coming back. Distractions in Corvallis are low. Distractions in L.A. are high, Paul says. Mm-hmm. And also that uh, Paul felt, and I'm just recapping yeah. this for you, Paul, because Mike is back, that the, 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 the quality of the player he notices and feels in his gut is slowly declining, perhaps, for USC in these last couple of years. Mm. Well, Paul, I don't know about that. I still know that, that that Angie says it's true that they had 56 four stars on their roster. You know, so you know how much whatever that corresponds or translates into the quality of player. Maybe you're saying a four star ain't what he used to be. I don't know. What, yeah. But they still have on paper considerably more talent, quote unquote, than the Beavers do. Would you be rankled, Paul, by as Kim was? John's wife by there's not a single player on the Oregon State roster the USC recruited. Does that bother you to hear something like that? I, I think it's a compliment really to the Beaver program that they just went in and beat them the way they did, yeah. if that indeed is a fact. That doesn't bother me one bit because it doesn't make any difference how high a recruit you are. It makes a difference on how you're coached and how you approach the game and how you believe in what you're doing. And I just got to believe that the USC players, the, the story you had last week, Mike, about health and not doing any recruiting. These people are these guys that are coming in there to play for USC that aren't recruited. They're just high and mighty and think they're gods of the mm-hmm. athletic world. Maybe, you know what I mean? It's a good, Hey Paul, I don't think you're, you're wrong. A sense of, you know, Hey, we are SC and we're just going to show up and win. Those days are those days as Rocky long would say are long gone. Do they realize they're Yeah, that maybe not. Hey, Hey Paul, we're going to get Angie on the horn next. Uh, Good, good points you make. And thanks for calling the Joe Beaver show to get us rolling. Hope to see you Friday at Benchwarmers bar and grill. And we'll have tickets to give away to the Beavers and Huskies Saturday night. Am I right? Did I see? The the line's been flipped. Yeah. Oh, it has. It, oh, no, Washington opened as a three-point favorite. The Beavers are now favorite. We That's don't study these things. Because but. I read Nick Daschle, uh, and he predicted this, and he's talking mm-hmm. about the game matchup and everything, and then he said... The Beavers minus two and a half, and I thought, yeah. well, well, that's not right. Well, it, but but it did open with, I know it opened with I Washington favorite. Right. So, boy, that's a pretty big move that's in the a, line. Now, I would have gone that way. I was surprised, mm-hmm. but I'm not ready to come out and say on this show oh, yeah. how good the Be- I think the Beavers are. I'm just not going to, you know, do what Dave did yesterday and proclaim Chance Nolan better than or as good as certain Terry Baker and Beaver Marcus Mar- and he mentioned Marcus down the road. No, I mean it, Chance is is playing beautiful football yes. right now, but we need to. It's a, need a bigger sample yeah, size, yeah, and I. Love the kid. I think his potential is very high. Yeah. And what he's not only the potential, but how he's delivered but, here early is 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 beautiful to see. But, but I, I I love this or I like this team a lot when I saw them in early August mm-hmm. and just kind of go, okay, all right, we'll just keep we'll just pump right. the brakes a little and keep keep an eye on this. And then the the quarterback situation and then they make the change. And but even still I thought quarterback change or not, the old line is so good. And there is a good stable of running backs. You know, B.J. Baylor is very good. He can come out, and you've got Deshaun Fenwick and even Trey Lowe for different things, receiving part mm-hmm, out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. It's really it's an embarrassment of riches in some ways. We'll talk to Angie Machado next.
1240 Joe Radio. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off. That's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. There it sits, in the corner of your garage, or heaven forbid, in your house. It's taking up space and costing you money. It's your old traditional water heater. Hi, this is Katie Albin with Albin's Plumbing. Why not replace that old dinosaur with an energy-efficient tankless unit that provides unlimited hot water without the expense of heating a big tank? At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beeves. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project, now's the time to get it done, and Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, vinyl, laminate, tile, wood flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands. The staff, Wendy, Robin, and Brian, have years of combined experience and look forward to working with you. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown. Or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker, John Warren, and the publisher of BeaverBlitz.com. A good friend of the show, just a friend through the years. And as a friend, we celebrate together in Beaver Nation a tremendous win on Saturday night. We're going to get to the business parts of it as it relates to Beaver Blitz and the work that Angie Machado, Carter Bonds, and the staff do with 24-7 sports and the ramifications of a win like this. But before we get into all of that, I just want to welcome uh, Oregon State uh, alumna and publisher of BeaverBlitz.com and big Beaver fan, Angie Machado, to the show. Angie, how much fun did you and your family have Saturday night watching that? It was so much fun. Um yeah, I, I was at home. Carter was actually in Los Angeles, and um, my my son, who's a big-time Beaver fan, was next door at the neighbors 
more beavers. And it was actually kind of fun because our doors were open and we actually were seeing it ahead of them. So I don't know, we would yell and then pretty soon we'd hear the next door neighbors yell. So, um, it was a, it was a fun night. And I mean, first time, a first win in the Coliseum in my lifetime. Crazy. Yeah. Not quite mine. I, I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember the game in 1960, so I can't quite go there. I was two, but the first time in 61 years and for practical purposes, Angie, right? The first for, for this generation and more, and it was an emphatic win. Was well, nothing flukish about it. No, I mean it was. It was a. I mean they completely dominated. And um, to see the way the offensive line played, I, I mean that's what really stood out to me was that line play. Um, and then just seeing what Oregon State was able to do. Um, it was so multi-faceted um, the offense and bringing back the fly sweep. And um, yeah, it was it was dominant in defense. You know, say what you will about what you know the the penalties and such. But I mean when you're going when Alex Austin has to go against Drake mm-hmm. London. Probably, you know, will be a top pick in this, this coming mm-hmm. uh, NFL draft. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's either let him score or hold him. So yeah. um, he did what he had to do. And, um, but, yeah, what a win. And just like I said, complete dominance. It was no, there was no questions. USC was outcoached, outplayed. It was an overall just, you know, a, a big win. How was the chatter? What's going on 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 the boards and everything on BeaverBlitz.com? I'm sure it it peaks and it come the numbers go up on game night and all of that. But did you get a chance to look at uh, some of the rhetoric? Oh yeah, I mean fans are excited. We're seeing you know more excitement with fans. Um, we ran a promo right afterward, and in fact that promo is still going on. Sixty percent off an annual subscription. I thought it was over last night, but they extended it one more day for us. So um, just to help celebrate that win. So um, the discussion is huge. You know, now, of course, there has been discussion of what coaches potentially could leave. I I think fans get a little over their skis there a little bit, um, you know, but Oregon State really does have a shot to have a really good season, one game at a time. But there is not one one team on the schedule that I don't think Oregon State can compete and beat if they play a game like they did against uh, USC on Saturday. Angie, we were talking uh, at the outset of the program, and, and Paul called in, but we were talking about this disparity that Nick Daschle pointed out in an article of five stars, or four stars. 56 to 7, is that true? I, yeah, it sounds probably about right. I mean, I didn't do the math, but that sounds... That sounds pretty correct. I mean, you know, and, and I think when you look at USC year in and year out, and I remember, I remember being a USC fan when I was a kid, um, and being down at an Oregon State game, and when Todd Brinovich, Derek Deese played for the Trojans, and um, I mean, just looking at those guys, they they all look bigger, faster, stronger, and yeah. um, the gap is maybe close some, but you know, that's at the end of the day, that's really this four and five star kids are just usually a lot bigger, um, faster, stronger um, yeah. coming out of high school, so. Um, it doesn't shock me at all. I, I think Drake London, um, and to me, from the other night, I mean, that guy, I'm watching him just thinking, he's one of those, who's that guy? And you think he can score every time he touches the ball. I had the same feeling when seeing Talanoa Hufunga, who by the end of his career at USC was dominant like that. So the question I have then to follow is, when USC's going through troubles, like they have under Clay Helton for seven years and all of their ups and downs, they're still going to get the fours and fives, aren't they? It's just a matter of Absolutely. finding a coach that can put it all together. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's USC. So, you know, they have that historic um, wow factor. It's a great education. Um, and it, like I said, it's USC. If you've ever stepped in Heritage Hall, 
you know how impressive just walking in that building is. So um, it has, and it also then has the glitz and the glamour, and it's L.A. And, you know, I, I'm really curious. If they have the right hire, you know, with the whole NIL now, I, I just don't see how USC can't be a huge powerhouse. Yeah, and that's a, an excellent point in that the USC recruiting coordinator just, you know, said every recruit, every presentation that we make, every recruiting pitch, so to speak, has a strong NIL component in it. Do you think that's across the board? But certainly for every school in the league, but USC and UCLA sitting outside of Hollywood <laughs> in that market, that makes sense to have a nil component in every pitch. It, a nil component in Pullman, Corvallis, and other stops along the way may not have that same kind of impact for an 18-year-old kid considering uh, the, their next step. Absolutely. I mean, you, you look at it. I mean, I don't even think Eugene could, could mm-hmm. compete if, if, you know, USC gets serious, UCLA, in that market with that much, with, with Hollywood, with, with stars and with musicians and just the business down there. I, Nike can't even compete, um, you know, across the board for that. So um, if, if they get serious and they hire a good coach that can really, you know, get this thing going, I, I, see, I see USC kind of that sleeping giant right now that, um, you know, with the right development there's no reason that they shouldn't be winning year in and year out down at USC. John brought up the 56 to seven four star disparity. The couple of follow-ups, what Petro said about uh, not a single player on the Beaver roster, according to Petros, was recruited. I think he might've used the word seriously. I don't think he just said seriously. was recruited, yeah. but I think it was recruited seriously by USC. As John asked you about 56-7, if that's true, do you think essentially what Petro said about that is also true? I do. You know, I, I heard Petro say that, and, you know, my, my mind immediately went to Jermar Jefferson, um, but you know, obviously he's gone. But Jermar, you know, you could say, I mean, USC made a pitch, but that was that last week right before signing day. They tried to, um, you know, he was kind of a last resort for USC. But, no, I mean, I, just off the top of my head, I really couldn't think of any player that is, you know, a starter or the two deep at Oregon State that was really seriously recruited. Um, you know, Tyjon Lindsay, Tristan Jebbia, I believe were out of high school. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, mm-hmm. going, you know, looking across top to bottom, no. But that's now, right? I mean, was there a time when, you know, Oregon State was winning eight, nine games and, and had some other athletes where that might not have been quite the same? Yeah, but, I mean, USC is really going to get USC. I mean, it's hard for Oregon State, I think, to compete even when they were, were winning. I mean, they, they've gotten some, and I'm not going to say that, um, you know, they haven't won any battles against UCLA or USC. Um, I mean, I think Brandon Cook's prime example of a player who was committed to UCLA, committed to Oregon State. But, um, you know, across the board, I mean, USC just does have that, that lore about it. Um, that it's, it's going to be tough, I think, for Oregon State to win those recruiting battles year in, year out. You know, that's one of the discussions on Blitz right now is, you know, fans are, well, hey, can Oregon State get back in on a couple of recruits that they were after this year committed to USC? And, you know, my response is probably not. I mean, these USC has a, a great education. It is USC. And it, I say that kind of with air quotes, but there is that mystique that USC is this um, mythical place, I guess. But um, I, I think it's going to take years for Oregon State of winning. And not that they won't. They're not going to you know, not win out battles. And I don't want to say that, but um, Oregon State just attracts a different, a different athlete. 
In the meantime, though, Angie, as we, you know, I probably shouldn't get too preoccupied or hung up on can the Beavers win battles one-on-one -on -one with USC so much as just how recruiting is going in general and the methodology and what you're seeing and the roster building that you observe on a very uh, minute basis in your world at beaverblitz.com following recruiting so well. So how is that whole process going in your view and can a win like this, followed by another win against Washington, maybe then even improve that world even more for Jonathan and his staff? Absolutely. You know, and you look at what Jonathan's doing, and it it reminds me a lot of what his his coach Dennis Erickson did. Maybe not with the JUCO guys, but with the transfer portal, bringing in guys to fill in the gaps for immediate help, um, and really building the roster. There's so much depth now that we're seeing, especially off, on the offensive side of the ball, um, and watching how meticulous these guys are. You know, it's, it's not just going out and shotgun approach. They're being very meticulous, picking the guys that they feel they have a shot with, that, that will listen to their pitch, will understand their pitch, have that maturity to, you know, see maybe what Oregon State can offer um, as far as building and development. And it, it's been fun to watch. And, and then when I see a win like USC, or when I, you know, now with this upcoming big game against Washington, what it does is it helps solidify the guys they have. And, uh, you know, one thing we see with Jonathan, another one of his, his mentors and, and Chris Peterson, when guys commit to Oregon State, he, wants, he doesn't want them to commit until they're committed. And so we're seeing guys stay true to that commitment. But then you see a win like USC and you see on social media, you know, the Damian Martinez in Texas, a star running back in Texas who's having a monster senior year. You see that helps solidify those guys in their commitment. Yeah. Angie Machado joining us. On the other thing that you talked about, you know, ahead of skis, you said out uh, with respect to what coaches might the Beavers lose. I don't think there's any question, though, Angie, that Brian Lindgren, Jim Mahalchuk, I mean, the job that that they do, Lindgren is a subject, I think, of a John Wilner feature. Either it's been written or John's about he specifically requested Lindgren. Brian is doing a tremendous job, isn't he? And, I, don't, you know, I think it's a compliment to your program when – other schools start coming around and asking about your assistance. Oh, completely. You know, that's, you know, I think, I think it's a bad sign if, if you're, if you're, especially your coordinators aren't getting looks, you know, from other programs because it means you're stagnant or it means you're not winning. So um, it's a huge compliment. Brian Lindgren is, <clears throat> excuse me, going to uh, get some looks, especially if the Beavers keep winning mm -hmm. and this offense is really firing in all cylinders. But, you know, I look at the coaching staff and, that's going to be something for Scott Barnes to address, um, you know, and keeping guys around. I, I don't know if you can keep a Lindgren around, especially if a head coaching job opens up, um, you know, at, at some at some location. But a guy like Jim Mahalachek, you know, he's been around. He's been in the NFL. He's been a lot of places. I think he's one definitely that Oregon State needs to try to do everything they can to keep him. Yeah, yeah, and he's done such a great job. <laughs> Angie Machado, BeaverBlitz.com, joining us here for just a few more minutes on the Joe Beaver Show. I want to ask you about Nil. We, we haven't talked to you in such a long time that we haven't really had a chance. Have you seen that uh, rear its head in recruiting? Because I, honestly, we're, we're, we're focused on the season, but I don't hear a lot about guys making deals anywhere. You hear about Alabama quarterback and that, but it just seems like it's real quiet based on what the thought was before it came out that, oh, it's just going to be this, wild, wild. yeah, this just wild, wild west of, of deals. But what do you see happening with, with recruiting and with NIL? I, you know, again, it's, it's small. It's, it's, I, 
I haven't seen these huge deals. Um, I mean, I think we will as as programs kind of figure out how it how will help them or how they how they figure it out. But honestly, everything I'm hearing is more of the small, you know, guys getting tacos for you know posting social media posts and things. So mm. um, nothing huge. Well, you know, I watched an old Seinfeld episode where Kramer settled with some Java coffee company for Coffee for Life when his lawyer uh, was holding out for a big settlement after hot coffee was spilled. <laughs> you know, whether or not people are settling, I'll take, you know, fast food for life for, for in exchange for an endorsement, who knows? But I did see, and maybe you saw too, uh, Angie, Gary Patterson was one of the first coaches I've seen. Did you see that article when he came out recently? Gary, Gary, it was reported somewhere, the athletic, I think, but, but Gary Patterson got in front of boosters at a TCU arranged event, boosters and donors and said, look, we're going to lose 20 to 30 people in the transfer portal to SEC schools who are actively recruiting our people now for nil deals. That was Patterson's allegation. And unless you in this community Fort Worth, Dallas Metro, whatever, step up. We're going to lose a bunch of players. Gary Patterson, a pitch to donors to step up in the nil world. Now, I wonder if that's happening a lot behind the scenes and it hasn't been reported on, but I thought, is he being an alarmist? Is that real? Are, more, are we going to be hear more pitches like that? No, I, I, I do think. I mean, this is going to be a way for schools to pay for recruits. I mean, bottom line. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I think he's being very honest in that. Um, and it is. It's going to happen. I mean, to, to think that players haven't been being paid as it is is would be very naive, but now it just gives schools an out to make it legal. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the ones with big pockets and, and big boosters that you know have businesses that can hire these kids to endorse products or you know be on billboards, it, it's going to be a, a big boost for them. Yeah, last thing, Angie, and we go back to uh, the portal. Jonathan Smith, I think, is doing a tremendous job bringing in guys who were four stars coming out of high school and bringing them in to, to I mean, they're just doing a great job. So the question is, is Oregon State one that's leading in that category, or do you see a lot of schools really going after a lot of transfers? Because I've heard, maybe comment on this too, that there's concern about the high school kids because everyone's going into the transfer portal. And I'm thinking of all the sports, not just football, that they're worried yeah. about high school kids because, you know, a college kid comes out, he's already older. Uh, he, he might know a system or be able to learn your you All the reasons why a, an older transfer might be a little bit more, um, you know, enticing than, uh, than going with a, with a high school kid. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, True. I, I think Jonathan Smith and Oregon State are really ahead of the curve for football as far as, as utilizing that the portal and, and getting guys that really fit needs or add depth. I think we're going to see it across the board, though, in all sports. And I think it will end up hurting, in a lot of cases, some of the high school, especially some of the in-between guys, maybe the tweeners that don't have a lot of options. If you know, If a school can go out and get a guy who – maybe be a, uh, he's on the Georgia roster, the South Carolina roster, and is kind of buried, but he can come to Oregon State. Oregon State's going to take that kid over a mm-hmm. high school senior who may you know, may or may not pan out. Angie, give us again that you've still got it. It's held over for today. What's the deal right now, the sale, so to speak, on Beaver Blitz? Yeah, we were able to talk with 24-7 after that big win, and uh, it's a celebration promo, 60% off. An annual, a new annual subscription to Beaver Blitz. So it works out for a full year of Beaver Blitz and all access to 24-7 sports. 
for forty two ninety six for wow. the whole year. So right. super deal. Yeah. And uh, you'd be in the lodge. You get to read all the content that Carter and I put out and uh, be in the lodge and, and be in those discussions as well as hitting up all the other 24-7 sites. Angie, thanks for the time as always, and glad you enjoyed the victory Saturday. We all did. <laughs> and hope that there's more to come. Saturday night now becomes huge. Each win creates a new level of anticipation and excitement. This Saturday is now bigger than last Saturday because you won. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And just one game at a time. I and mean, that's, yep. that's going to be the biggest thing for Coach Smith right now is, is keeping this team focused on the game ahead and not getting yeah. ahead of themselves or not believing press and I still think there's a ways to go I mean obviously sure. Vegas came out and had Washington on the road as favorites so um, you know there's still some doubters out there so Oregon State each week has has something to prove thanks Angie good talking thanks, to you Angie. we'll do it again down the road awesome see you guys Saturday Angie Machado our guest let's break we'll talk to Nathan Eldridge next about that whole even keel approach I think Jonathan Smith is so even keeled and yeah. cool in temperament that it's it's difficult to imagine his players and his team just suddenly just wild and crazy. Well, look, uh, we're, we are uh, OS. We are OS. <laughs> we're the B, you know nobody no. can. I mean, you just feel like Jonathan's going to keep everything moving forward in yeah. the right way in terms of the outlook and the attitude to preparing for Washington Saturday night. Well, that's a good thing. And that's a good thing when you, when you lose, keep your head when you, or when you win, but when you lose too, Hey, yeah. it's not so bad. Let's keep going. We hope to visit with Nathan right around the corner as we continue on the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards' knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. Whether you are looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at Intech, we are looking for you. Intech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $18 to $22 per hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com and click on the Careers tab. We're excited to meet you. Middleton Heating has kept Mid-Valley residents comfortable for over 72 years. Middleton can service, repair, or replace all types of brands of heating and cooling equipment. Plus, they offer financing options on new equipment and also participate in state and federal incentive programs. If your heating unit is giving you trouble, if you have kitchen or dryer venting needs, or if you're just looking for some sheet metal, call Middleton Heating today. You can count on Middleton Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Find them online at middletonheating.net. Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at Alirica.net. 
Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beeves. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, especially during these unprecedented times. Stargazer Premier provides contactless deliveries with a focus on keeping families and friends connected and safe. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard. Head coach Jonathan Smith has his alma mater trending up. Chance Nolan takes a final knee and the clock will run out and Oregon State has defeated the USC Trojans for the first time since 1960. Join us Saturday. The Washington Huskies visit Corvallis. Our coverage begins at 4 on your home for Oregon State football. The Beavers Sports Network. And our local coverage starts at 2 with the tailgate show on 1240 Joe Radio. Hey, the, as we await Nathan Eldridge at the end of practice, quick question. Yeah. Romy is talking a lot, and I'm wondering if anybody else in the world has seen it. What strikes me as what they've done with the Super Bowl and national championship games, they, mm. the powers that be, the yeah. networks, an almost a mystery science theater yep. approach with the Manning brothers watching Monday Night Football <laughs> And commenting as they go. Have you have, seen it? I have not. Have it's, you? Yes, it's great. I, and is it Mystery Science Theater, yeah, essentially? pretty much. A little less comment on the game and more more interviewing the, the people they have and goofing around. But the game's other. on almost as a background? It's on as a background. Or is the, is and the game they, the thing and they occasionally move away from well, the game? No, they have... They have uh, I assume they're all the same, but the one last night was they were two different locations. So you have two... Two boxes showing them on camera. In different places, they're yeah. not together. And okay. then the big box is the game. Okay. Now, when I tuned in, Nick Saban was on. So they had three face boxes okay. and the game. Um, and then I watched one on YouTube because I wanted to see what it was yeah. all about. And the same thing. Um, just big, you know, wherever they are, the camera, the box, the the, the, mm-hmm. the guests, and then they have them on. And then if the guest leaves, like late, I think at the end of the game, I didn't watch, but I heard Rome going talking about it. Um, it's just the two of them. So they're, they're focusing more on the game. Um, it was a little awkward because of uh, delay or something, because every time they wanted to say something and then Nick would respond to it, and I don't think they wanted him to respond to it uh, because of overlap on audio, but it was fun. It was great. Jalen Hurts, you know, they're talking about him at, while, while, mm-hmm. while the coach was, was um, you know, being interviewed and commenting on everything. But Saban was so corporate, so Alabama. He couldn't, you know, relax. Look, this is just for fun, you know. And, yeah, well, you're catching I don't know who they're playing. I've see, you can see him relax every once in a while. Probably not during game one. No, they've got. I uh, see Georgia and Alabama both have big games. One of them has uh, Mississippi. It's ranked twelfth. I can't remember the okay. other one, but but yeah, they've got a big game. And they were they were joking, sort of joking, serious about how much film he's watched and mm-hmm. how what he knows. In fact, 
it was interesting. He said uh, they one of them asked him about if they if he follows all the players, <laughs> saying that most of the players in the NFL are from Alabama. <laughs> and Saban said, "No, because I'm just too busy." But right. my my I guess Linda, his secretary, is going to become famous because of how often she's referred to by him. My secretary <laughs> Linda, Linda tells me that. <clears throat> my secretary Linda. His secretary apparently each week puts together a compilation of mm-hmm. all of the uh, what everybody has done in, in the NFL that weekend and then gives it to Saban to read. But all in all, what you're saying is as Romy has opened, it works. You like it. Uh, well, I like it because it's them and they're great. Okay. Uh, they're funny. They're brothers. I right. mean, what family in the world has an all-pro dad as the as a quarterback and two Super Bowl MVP sons? It's a good point. I mean, it's what an amazing first family, really, of yeah. the NFL. Yeah, I think we're going to hear from uh, Oregon State Center Nathan Eldridge as uh, practice has come to an end, and we were just given uh, the word. T.J. Matthewson just texted us saying, "Hey." Practice has ended. They're leaving the field, and that is our cue to kind of wrap up the meditation on the Manning brothers and shift back to the Joe Beaver uh, primary content, and that's all about the Beavs and the opportunity ahead Saturday night against the Washington Huskies at 6 o'clock with the anchor, the veteran on that outstanding offensive line, Nathan Eldridge, about to join us here on the Joe Beaver Show, Mike Parker and John Warren. And again, we'll have tickets to give away to Saturday's game at the Benchwarmers Bar and Grill on Northwest 9th come Friday morning, 11 to 1. Saturday night, 6 o'clock, the Beavers and Huskies, as the Beavs look to follow up there, what's been described as an historic win, and it was 61 years since the Beavers had last won in the stadium. But Oregon State went out and did it in a very... Workmanlike, methodical, physically punishing style led by a tremendous offensive line. The tight ends all part of that. The running backs were so productive. And it's an honor to welcome the leader on that offensive line, Nathan Eldridge, to the Joe Beaver Show today. Nathan, good morning. Congratulations on the big win. Is it just already moved on to Washington or are you still sort of enjoying what you how much did you enjoy what happened Saturday night in the Coliseum? <laughs> well, thanks for having yeah. me first off. And, um, you know, we enjoyed it that night. Um, got to stay an extra night in LA and kind of soaked it up. And then, um, now today it's on to Washington. Nathan, tell me, staying the extra night, Jonathan said yesterday in the presser that in a way, while you might want to get home as soon as you can, on the other hand, when you get back at three thirty or four in the morning, that ain't easy on the body for a while. Did you actually feel like you got more rest and sleep having to stay the extra night? Yeah, I actually did. Um, it wasn't really a bad idea. Um, you know, getting those couple extra hours of sleep was, was big time. Good. And how did you, how do you feel Nathan typically just physically after what you guys did, you were physically punishing all of you across the line, the tight ends, the receivers, everybody involved in the blocking game, but for you personally coming out of a game like that, any game, does it take how long does it take to kind of fully recover from that and have a spring in your step again? I mean, I feel great. I, I really do. Um, you know, I felt like we did a good job taking care of our bodies this week, and we knew it was going to be a physical game. So after the game, you know, got in that ice tub and hit that stretching and feeling good today, ready to go. Nathan Eldridge, our guest. How much, Nathan, through your career has 
the development in terms of strength, conditioning, icing, uh, prehab, all those things, how important has that been? And is that throughout year by year by year, have you found ways and methods to feel the best you possibly can feel like compared to when maybe you started your career in 2016? Right. It's huge. It's really big. Um, especially with, uh, you know, that long-term process, like in the summer, you know, making sure I'm developing the small muscles needed to, you know, stay healthy throughout the season. And then, um, when the season starts, it's mostly just maintain work. Um, so like we talked about going to that cold tub, the stretch and rolling, I mean, it's, it's huge. Now, to add to that, Nathan, as you're getting older, and you know, we could joke about how long you've been playing college football, but in seriousness, you know, we, we hear that the male body really isn't at its peak until about age 26, and you're closer to that than most of your teammates. Do you feel like things are getting a little easier, that you're getting bigger and stronger, even aside from the weight room? Can you say, sorry, can you repeat that? Do you feel like you're getting bigger and stronger with age because the male body peaks at about 26 years old and you're older than most of your teammates? Do you feel like that's helping you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I feel like I'm getting stronger every day, you know, working on the flexibility, working on the strength. So it's a work in progress. Nathan, the the game itself, uh, we could spend the rest of the uh, day talking to you and all of your your, uh, teammates on the offensive line and Luke and Tegan. How did you feel when you looked back and watched the tape? What what were you guys able to do early, often, and throughout that game to have 322 yards rushing, no tackles for loss? First time that's happened for a Beaver game since 1993. What the heck was going on? That was a, a, an amazing effort. <laughs> I think uh, you know all week we just had a sense of urgency to come out and execute, and really that's that's what it's about. As long as we're executing our offense and um, – you know, winning that line of scrimmage, we're going to win ball games. So that's kind of just the message to the guys is just, you know, do your job and execute. Did you get a sense in the game as the game was going along and you guys were getting better and better that USC, I don't know if you heard talking or if they, you could sense that they were down? What was it like on the field as you were doing something that hasn't been done in 61 years? I mean, we were just reeling to each other just keep the pedal down um you know do not give up do not let these guys have any breathing room um you know because they have a you know they had a powerful offense and so we just did what we had to do nathan the running the running game itself uh, the variety within it i mean you know i know that the word is deshaun fenwick is more of a power back but nathan what about bj baylor's physicality in that game not only hitting holes and cutting but he laid some some hits on their guys, right? I mean, what did you think of BJ's game physically? I thought BJ was phenomenal. I mean, he's a great athlete, and we knew that BJ's had that in him, and he just had to wait for his time, and you know, now it's his time, and he's, he's doing what he does in practice. How important we hear all about how you guys are the most experienced line together in the conference. How important is that to have all you know your, your brethren on either side of you and having worked together for all these years? Yeah, I think it helped us out a lot. I mean, we we all have a lot of chemistry, and so uh, you know, all of us coming back this year, it really helped us out and kind of figuring out where guys are going to fit up and how we can fit. So I mean, it's been awesome. Final thing, Nathan, and that is the question that has come up a lot since the glorious win at USC. You've already touched on it. You enjoyed it, got an extra night, but you're on to Washington. 
How important is it, or do you think with this group, this team, the mature team that you are, how much do you or other veterans have to say, guys, look, stay locked in. we got to keep doing what we've been doing to have another experience this Saturday, not like the one we just had, and not uh, get out of our lane or start thinking too highly of ourselves? Or do you feel like everybody already owns that message? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I feel like we own that message. I mean, you know, Coach Smith talked about it. You know, guy, uh, all the outside noise, people are going to say what they want to say about us. But at the end of the day, it's about us and what we do within the program, what we do at practice, what we do in meetings, and how we approach each day. So we're just taking it one day at a time, and things will come together. Yeah, and you got a good opponent, a very good, and they're good physically up front. You've played enough against Washington over the years. There's There's a lot of physical talent there that with due respect to USC, in a sense, I think, Nathan, you're playing a better defense this time around. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Okay. Well, then they're good, but you guys aren't. <laughs> and we look forward to seeing what unfolds Saturday night. Thanks for taking time for us, Nathan. We appreciate it and hope to talk to you down the road. No, I appreciate you having me on. Take care. Thanks, Nathan. Nathan Eldridge joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. I got to talk. Yeah. Huh? yeah, I know, but <laughs> I it's, 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 it. it's got I a hollow. It's interesting. When both mics are on, it's a day-by-day adjustment. And pull that down and see the difference. But, yeah, but then but your then level really is not. I know. Quiet. I know. So, and we've worked on it over yes, and over again. I know I, we have. I tell people it's not working, and then they say, well, it, <laughs> I, 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 no. I fixed it. I know. <clears throat> I know. I know. <sighs> It's just a, a game of adjustments day by day, pitch by pitch. I remember talking to Jim Wilson about the art of hitting when he joined the Portland Beavers back in 1987. And in his first at-bat as a Portland Beaver, the pitch to Jim Wilson, line drive, base hit into right field. Down the line comes Alex Marte to score, and the Beavers lead it one to nothing. something along those lines. I said, Jim, you were down. It was two-strike count. And the next day, he was my pregame show guest yeah, yeah. before we got to Pat Casey's corner. Oh, no, that came later. <laughs> Although I was calling it Casey's corner in 87 when he played left field for the yeah, Beavers. because it was. But I asked Jim uh, about that in the first interview I ever did with Big Jim Wilson. And he said, he goes, well, Mike, every you make adjustments after every pitch. And so I have kept that and owned that my entire life thinking about Jim and he was an astute analyst in 87 and he still is now. Yeah. And as he said, what Todd Orlando was having difficulty doing was adjusting the D coordinator for USC to the wide variety that the Beavers were throwing at. Yeah. USC's Cause when they weren't running, they were throwing right. to the tight end and fly sweeps to the outside with three or four different guys. Washington is better defensively. Nathan said, that's fair to say. We've got an hour to go. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your money now. Though off their worst levels of the day, stocks are down sharply with tech shares particularly weak. The Dow Jones Industrials lower by more than 400 points. The S&P 500 has dipped 67. The Nasdaq Composite down 325, about 2.2%. U.S. oil prices fell slightly today. November crude slipped 16 cents, settling at 75.29 a barrel. CVS is adding anti-theft safes to its Texas pharmacy locations to prevent drug misuse and diversion. 
company already added the time-delay safe technology to 223 Houston locations, including those inside Target stores in order to prevent pharmacy robberies, specifically the diversion of controlled substance medications such as opioids. In 2015, the safes were first added to Indianapolis pharmacies. Dunkin' Donuts a few years ago shortened its name to Dunkin', and now a major financial institution in the U.S. Northeast has begun a similar transi- uh, transition. Citizens Bank will become merely citizens. That's your money now. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I have EPI? If you're expecting family or guests this fall or during the holidays, maybe you don't have a place for them to sleep. A futon from Futon Man in Corvallis is the perfect solution. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes, and their futons have a highly resilient, long-lasting foam core, and they're made right in the store in Corvallis. There's lots of cover choices, too. And students, a futon works great when you need some extra space in your dorm. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99 and online at futon man Luxury Vinyl Plank Flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVP Flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beeves! Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, with another golf minute to help you with your highs and lows. Believe it or not, you can control the trajectory of your shots simply by adjusting your eyes at address. Honest. You hit it high, look up to the sky where you want the ball to reach its maximum height, then hold that posture and return your eyes to the ball. Looking high will lower your right shoulder, set most of your weight on your right side, and will encourage a shallow swing path directing the shot towards the spot you pick. To hit the ball low, look at a low spot along your intended line of flight. This will set your shoulders nearly level and place more weight on your left side, promoting a steeper angle of attack. You'll trap the ball and impact with a de-lofted club face, producing a low trajectory. So remember, looking up or down will help you control your ball's trajectory. Hmm, what do you think looking sideways would do? For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at uhc.com. Plan benefits may vary. 
Any supplier can drop a box outside your door. But if you want a partner who delivers great customer service too, rely on Cintas. Your dedicated service reps can deliver what you need to help your business run smoothly. From essential cleaning products to hygienically cleaned apparel, fire protection services to first aid and safety supplies. That service you can't get from a box. Oh, I'm ready! Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. Time to enter the Magic Kingdom. Denise, would you kindly clear the wheels? Okay, here we go. On three. One, two. Tweets and texts, faces and books. Tweets and texts and faces and books. Seems like it's more about FM and color TV. In such an age as this, is there any room left for something as simple as radio? We believe there is. Touchdown, Beaver! He's got a chance to go! 20, 15, 10, flag! Touchdown! Joe Beaver Show is on the air with Mike Parker and John Warren, two men on a mission to prove that AM radio is a viable and modern source for news and entertainment. So gather the whole family. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you don't have one, fret not. I'll have the management send you up a radio. Be a part of the triumphant return of amplitude modulation. This is the big one, boys. This is the one that brings us back. Soon, AM radio will reign king once more. <laughs> it's the Joe Beaver Show on the home of the beavers. Cool, cool. Joe Radio. Hey, before we get started here in this hour, as we welcome you back to hour number two of the Joe Beaver Show, John Warren with Mike Parker. Um, a lot of people are trying to listen online and they can't. And of course, it, <laughs> they're not able to listen online. They won't hear this. But I know Dave in Washington in Tumwater is, try, is listening on his phone somehow. Um, I have no idea what the problem is with TuneIn. That's something that's beyond this building. I don't even know if it's us as a company or if it's tune in, but everybody trying to tune in to our show online, getting error messages. It's because the connection between us and tune in has gone bad. And I do know that people are working on it way, way outside of us. We don't have anything to do with it, but radio.net is another way you can get 1240 Joe radio. You can get our site radio.net or of course, KEJOAM.com, if you're listening, trying to listen on a, on a computer. If you're at work and you've got a, a headphone into your computer, go KEJOAM.com or radio.net, and that should get you into uh, listening online because um, it's just the tune-in aspect to, to the connection. Just to let you know, um, to ward off any questions or anybody who is listening who wonder what's wrong with it, that's that's what we're talking about. Man, we just and we're going to go to Doug here in just a second. We have open phones and text lines for the rest of the hour. Five four one four nine seven fifty three fifty six. Mike in Seattle, and Mike, we hope you'll call. Use the number to call. He just texted us saying that he's listening. Uh, I believe. Check it out, Doc. Well, uh, I'm sending a text back to Softy. Again, we're producing things as we go. Uh, Dave is asking me to join his show, which I'm going to do. We would love Dave Softy Mahler to join us this week. We have other requests out. Dave and I are texting back and forth during that commercial break. 
Mike in Seattle, in the meantime, we covet your participation always, but particularly this week, if you have some thoughts about the win at USC, but what you're hearing now, <laughs> what the, the mood, the tone, the rhetoric is in the Seattle metro area world, the Husky world, about this game at Oregon State, et cetera, et cetera. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you, Mike, at 497 5356. And Mike has yesterday, in fact, he he texted that he's got a couple of tickets that we can give away. Thank you, we'll Mike. Raffle for that. off. I don't know if he wants money. We'll figure, we'll figure that out somehow, some way. Thank you, Mike. Let's go to uh Doug in the meantime on the downward dog phone line with open phones the rest of the hour. Doug, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, guys. I'm pretty excited. I just signed up with Beaver Blitz. Good. So uh I want to thank Angie for that big discount. That really helped uh, convince me. Very good to hear. Thanks for that. Yeah. Well, hey, I also appreciate um, year in and year out, the wonderful forum that you guys provide. But I also want to respect that. So I'm going to promise you right now this will be the last call I ever make this year regarding policies. Okay. Um, So I wanted to give you a little clarification on something that Sarah Elcano said yesterday regarding the policies and um, you know, kind of where they where they originate from. So, the mask policy is from Benton County, and of course, it's the one that's not really enforced. And then the medical record policy that we need to show those—that's coming from the school itself, mm-hmm. and that one, of course, is enforced. So, um, I appreciate the take on the masks, um, but this has been really painful for me to not come to games. And it just kind of occurred to me uh, today, all of a sudden, this has ramifications for men's and women's basketball Mm -hmm. coming up. Not to mention, you know, events like the dinners um, and so forth. So it's really starting to to get a little bit bigger than six football games, which is plenty big enough. So um, the other day we talked about adaptive management. And I would just like to encourage the administration to keep that front and center and um, you know, really let people make their own determination about you know, what their comfort level is and what they would like to do. And I have no problem with vaccinations. I'm vaccinated as well. It's just kind of that, that show your papers um, thing that I struggle with. So thank you so much. Well, Doug, thank you for the call. Uh, you know, I, I, I felt as though uh, the sense I got from Sarah is that adaptive part of it, didn't she say, I mean, we are... <laughs> They're having discussions on an ongoing basis to try to find the best possible outcomes for everybody in this controversial and difficult time, right? I mean, it didn't, wasn't that your overall sense that it isn't just, well, here's the policy and deal with it? No, I, I think she's very diplomatic, and I appreciate her presenting it that way. But I know, because um, I'm hearing that there's another side on this story, and um you know, if, if there is and they're going to be vocal, then I feel like I need to be vocal, too. But you heard my promise at the start of the call. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I hope we're – and, Doug, thank you. Appreciate your love for the Beavs and, and the university. Let's hope for another good outcome Saturday night against the Huskies. Thanks for uh, joining us today. You bet. Bye-bye. Doug on the Downward Dog phone line. Finn joins us. I'm not sure – we may have had Finn join us before. I'm not sure. It's not a, a name that comes up that often on the call list. So, Finn, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Thanks for joining us. 
Hi, Mike. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. So, uh, my questions about this girl, I kind of had two questions that I wanted to ask. But the first one being, what were your thoughts on the Drake London Alex Austin matchup, <laughs> knowing that we do have Rajan on the other side mm-hmm. for the USC game? I was kind of starting to question just simply because it's a tough matchup for him being a smaller corner. Why do you think uh, Jonathan Smith kind of kept Alex out there with that tough matchup, kind of struggling a little bit? Okay, let's uh, let's start with that. If you said you had another question, Jonathan, did you hear yesterday's show or Jonathan's presser about that issue yesterday? Yes, I heard that a, a little bit briefly, but okay. I kind of wasn't. I was kind of looking to dig into it a little bit more. Okay, well, it was an interesting answer because. Both cornerbacks are capable of playing either side. It's not as though whoever, you know, they're not assigning, quote-unquote, the best corner, Rajon Wright, let's say, for argument's sake, to London and, and shadowing Drake wherever Drake lines up. They could do that. They choose not to. For di- I thought that while Alex was getting, you know, there certainly times that Drake London beat him man-on-man, head-to-head, and quite a few times, in fact. Yeah. On the other hand, there are two things at play. Austin, I thought, gave it right back to him, was physical with him. Even maybe London, when he got over to the sideline on that one play and did what Petros called the Batman face at the end of a play, it almost looked, I don't know what that means. I haven't seen that particular version of Batman, but it struck me as, okay, well, maybe London's getting preoccupied a little. I'm going to beat this guy, and I'm going to keep beating you, and I'm going to keep beating you. Jonathan almost felt as though if that's what they want to do, <laughs> well, and not involve more guys, we're okay with it. Does that make any sense? It's a little bit like not double-teaming Michael Jordan and giving him, he'll score his 46, but if we take care of everybody else, we're okay with that. It's what I've, It sounded like by analogy a little bit what Jonathan was saying yesterday. Finn, did you hear that at all? Yeah, I did totally, uh, that, and that absolutely makes sense. It's like, make if they're going to beat us, make that one guy beat us, and that absolutely makes sense. So, yeah, thanks for answering my question. Okay, did you you said did you have another one about anything else? Uh, the other one was just kind of looking forward, and it was sort of like a keys to the game sort of thing. My family and I are huge Beaver fans, and we always do like three keys to the game. So I was wondering what your keys to the game for the Washington game might be. Well, it's going to be harder to do what they did against USC, period. I just 322 yards rushing against anybody is hard to do. They dominated USC. Washington will be better up front. They have stronger physical guys. Drake Thompson, with apologies to that outstanding defensive end, across the board, Washington is stouter. They're more physical. They're better defensively than USC, period. So the Beavers are going to have to, if they get stoned in the running game a couple of times early, keep looking for the way that they were creative against uh, USC, continue to be creative in the way they use their fly sweeps to the edge, uh, the different types of runs, it's going to be harder. It's going to be hard to get 300 yards. It's going to be hard to get 200. It's going to be hard to get 180 against these guys, honestly. I mean, Washington is very good against the run. So I expect it to be tougher going. The Beavers still have to stay with their plan and will to run the ball. Chance Nolan throwing less than 20 is a nice formula, don't you think? I mean, I think they still have to be able to run the football. 
It's not going to be quite as explosive, I don't believe, against Washington, but they've got to stay with it throughout the game offensively. On defense, they need to to make Dylan Morris, they need to keep bringing pressure and make him uncomfortable. I like our cover guys. I think they're okay. You know, I know there's some good receivers that are getting healthier for Washington, but Dylan Morris has not shown to me, a, even though he leads the Pac-12 in passing yards and passing yards per game, it's a small sample size, and he got a lot of that against Arkansas State, really struggled down the stretch against Cal after a hot start. So, you know, I, I think keeping pressure on Dylan Morris and uh, making him uncomfortable in the pocket is going to be key. And I thought the Beavers did that enough with Keaton Slovis that he missed some shots. As that game went along, Keaton was less accurate. So they've got to maintain pressure on Dylan Morris. And finally, I think when the special teams battle, they've got a great punter, Washington does, leading the conference in punting. They haven't uh, kicked it much. The Beavers haven't kicked it much either in terms of field goals. But be solid on special teams. And I think it adds up to another Beaver victory if those things happen. Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time, and go Beavs. Thanks, Finn, for the call. We have open phones the rest of the way. Looking, Mike in Seattle, if you're listening on the app, we're li- we're looking for you. We're actually, requ- you know, it's all request radio, and we're the ones making the requests. <laughs> if Mike, give us a call. What's the 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 temperament, the mood like now? in Husky Nation, the Husky world, about this game, about their 2-2 two and two start, about the matchup with the Beavers this weekend, the genuine level, I hope, of concern that uh, the Husky fans should have about this game. If you have any thoughts about that, feel free at 497-5356. Were you looking at something in particular? Yeah, I'm trying to find uh, overall statistics. And, For the Pac-12? Yeah, and Washington is third in total defense. right. Uh, in scoring defense, they're second, and I was just I was looking for rush defense and, and uh, scoring defense second, and and that's even yeah you know that's after Michigan scored thirty one on them, Cal gets twenty four, Montana I, I realized that it was a dreadful outcome for Washington, but their defense wasn't terrible against Montana. I will say though that they're tenth in rush defense. I know I know the rush <laughs> defense number, but don't get lulled in too much by that any more than. On the other side of it, I don't think Husky fans would even say, well, look, our guy's leading the Dylan Morris, leads the conference in passing yards per game. Mm-hmm. He does. Right. But that that's early. It's four games in. Arkansas State and Montana have been two of the schools you've played. And while he had some good moments against Cal, I'm not so sure that that number may, means that they may not be running it as well as they should. So they've got to throw more. Having a high number in passing yards isn't always a great thing. USC, for example, while Keaton Slovis was pretty hot early and led back-to-back scoring drives, their lack of balance in the long run hurt them badly yeah. to rush for 76 yards against the Beavs. That's switching over to the whole air raid offense, yep. which is just weird to, to yep. think of USC doing that, but they did. That was one of my favorite moments the, in the game, among many, but the toss sweep to BJ running left and following on a student body left type play. Yeah. And thinking of all the backs in that stadium, Garrett, Ricky Bell, Charles White, Marcus Allen, O.J. Simpson, Mm -hmm. thinking about Anthony Davis, thinking about all those guys. Uh, There was another player, too, that gets lost in the shuffle, played for the Oakland Raiders. I can't think of his name at the moment. Early 70s, 
running back. Who am I thinking of? Doc help Pre uh, Preston. No, uh, there was another running back that was very good, but compared to the guys I just named, right? It's going to come to me. I saw him play in person, and I can't can't think of it off the top of my head. But point is, the Beavers in the Coliseum were doing what oh, yeah. the Trojans did forever with Johnny McKay and John Robinson. Which has got to kill the old old yeah. line. The old guard is just, yep. you know, boosters and fans must be just going nuts. Let's take a break. If you'd like to join us, we have open phones the rest of the way. TJ may be on his way out. We may have some other audio perhaps from Brian Lindgren, maybe from B.J. Baylor. He's bringing the audio back with him, and he says he's got about 12 minutes of Brian Lindgren. Okay, good. Lindgren's star is shining brightly. You know, he... And... Here's let's just play this out. Let's say the Beavers keep producing beautifully on offense. Yeah. And Brian Lindgren, rightly so. Yeah. Because he should get a great deal of the of plaudits and attention and praise for it. And schools come around looking at him to be their head coach. Good for him. Compliment to him. Compliment to Jonathan. Compliment to the program. And I think Brian would is an outstanding offensive coordinator. I think from day one we've seen. Jonathan and Brian's offense, and I mean from day one at Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, they gave up 77, but the thing that was impressive, they scored 31 in the horseshoe against yeah. the Buckeyes yeah. and had Artavis Pierce running wild with historic runs against Ohio State in their history. They'd never had one guy get I, rush, rushing touchdowns like that in one game ever. I, love, I just love the play calling on Saturday right. night. Not every game. I do right. not subscribe to going forward on fourth down. As in, much as they do? In your own territory. Okay. Okay. Just put a yard lo line marker and say no inside But that's here. not even so much play calling as much as decision making. Right. Play and, calling and itself would, is what you're talking and, about. And many people would say, well, why did they go for an isolation play, which is a low percentage right. on that, except Jonathan said there was a release valve. There was. Plus Grave was wide open. Wide open, and, and the quarterback didn't see him. So you know, That quarterback might see him now. That was the first time out of the gate, coming off the bench Yeah, at yeah. West Lafayette. His ability of late to go but through the, progressions and all of that has been impressive. But the play calling has per, was perfect. No one to run the screen. Go to the tight end. Okay, run it two or three times. And, you know, there was a play, a little toss to Trey Lowe in the flat for a first down where Petro said, well, the Beavers knew that Drake, uh, Drake Thompson would be coming off the edge here, so they just slipped low out on the flat and threw it over him for the yeah. first down. Yeah. Almost everything they called seemed to work. Now, Washington and Jimmy Lake and the Trojans, I mean, they've been in rooms together. They've been in coaching rooms. They they yeah. know each other well. They were together for four years yeah. on that Chris Peterson staff. I don't think, I mean, I think they're going to be on to certain things better than USC was in yeah. terms of what this shift means or what could be coming here knowing Jonathan as well as they do. That works both ways, though, mm -hmm. in that Jonathan will recognize Washington tendencies and maybe be able to take advantage of that. But it's just going to be a far more hard-hitting, I think, physical, tough game that the Beavers can well, indeed it does win, work it, but it's going to be harder. It does work both ways, but it's not so much Jonathan that Jimmy Lake's team will be trying to figure out. It'll be Brian Lindgren. Whereas, you know, for the... Well, it's true, except that I say... This is the, to close the point. Then we'll take a break and come back to Dave, and that is this. If Brian 
gets a well-deserved opportunity as a head coach. Oh, yeah. It yeah. won't be a, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do now type moment because as great as Brian is and he is, the offense that they have put together together is it's a work of both parties. I'm not saying it's right. all Jonathan, but it's Jonathan's offense. Well, it's what he's That's put right. together. As it should be. And what he put together as a coordinator for Chris Peterson in Washington. So I will always feel good about the Beavers on offense with Jonathan as the head coach. Does that make any sense? It does. And 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 the influence, all of that. Yeah. Uh, Clarence Davis. Clarence Davis. Thank That's, you. That's uh, Brooks Hatch. Thank you, Brooks. Exactly. Clarence Davis in there, too. Toss sweep, student body left and right. Forget about Clarence Davis because guys like Bell and White and Allen and Simpson were around Clarence <laughs> Davis. Let's take a break. We'll come back with Dave. If you have any thoughts, 497-5356, 497-5356, Downward Dog, phone line, University Honda, text line. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids specializes in Prius sales, Prius service, and Prius batteries, but also services all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Get peace of mind before you hit the road with Dave's Guardian Full Vehicle Inspection Report so you know about possible failures before they occur. With over 120 years of experience under one roof, you'll get expert service every time. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. Have you seen Highland Bowl's expanded Strike Zone Lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich, or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks, too. And the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games, too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded Strike Zone Lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up. You knock them down. Shrimp has joined the Flavor Fam at Qdoba Mexican Eats with new citrus lime shrimp. Create your own crave-worthy burrito or bowl with our sustainably sourced shrimp that's sautéed in-house and topped with whatever your flavor-loving heart desires. Or try new chef-crafted surf and turf bowl made with citrus lime shrimp, grilled steak, chili crema, and guacamole. Get it while you can, only at Qdoba. Qdoba Mexican Eats, customizable burritos, crave-worthy tacos, and three-cheese queso. Qdoba is on Monroe in Corvallis. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. Owning an LS tractor is about a lot of things. For me, it's about lift capacity. It's about the hydraulics. Owning an LS, it's about how well it's made. Steel, baby. More features. Standard features. It's about the land. Having something to pass down. It's about having pride in my work. It's about owning the best. LS Tractor. What's it about for you? Power Motorsports. 
online at powermotorsports.com. At Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis, we realized a long time ago we'll never be able to memorize all the plays in our playbook. We just have too many options. Over 36 fresh toppings for you to choose from, multiple crust options, gluten and dairy-free options, plus dine-in, takeout, and delivery to most of Corvallis, just to name a few. So we can't memorize all these plays, but with all these options, we've made Woodstock's Pizza Pizza for All on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. 1240. 1240. 1240. 1240. 1240. Joe Radio. Jim Wilson offers the uh, point on the text line. Thank you, Jimmy. That the rush defense with the Huskies showing them at 10 is skewed because Michigan did run it for 322 yards. Now, that yeah. it's not as though you can say, no, they did. No, no, that didn't really happen, and they're still really good on rush defense. They are. They, they Michigan got that thing going, and maybe, you know, who knows? I think your argument and others is, well, if Michigan can do it, why can't why can't the Beavs uh, get it going I'm just again? Pointing out where they are in the standings, you right. could look at the like you said, you could look at the quarterback and why he's leading the conference in pass yards. Pass yards when when the last time we really thought about Washington, they were losing at home to Montana. So a lot of those can all be looked at and go, well, yeah, but so no, Jimmy's right. Um, you know, Michigan. Uh, skewed the numbers there. Let's go to Dave on the Downward Dog phone line. If you'd care to join us, uh, feel free at 497-5356. Softy is confirmed Friday at 1125. He'll join the Joe Beaver Show as we come to you from the Benchwarmers Bar and Grill. Always love Dave Softy Mahler's passion for his Huskies, a true Husky honk, but also very objective and can uh, be pointedly critical of the program and the Huskies' He said he'd never seen anything like the mood around Montlake after the loss to Montana to open the season. I'm curious, after back-to-back wins and a win over Cal, what the thinking is about where the team is at 2-2 two and two coming into Corvallis now as an underdog after opening as a favorite. Dave, good afternoon. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, guys. Just a couple different things. Um, you know, I, I think you're probably right. We would be okay if Brian Lindgren left at the end of the season. I think it'd be, uh, I think we'd have a tough time if he'd left in the middle of the season. So we don't want that to happen. Well, that that's it's, not it's, happening. It's, yeah. it's hard to, I don't think that's an option. No, no, no. I don't think SC, okay. I mean, SC might say, you know, hey, come on over, coach us the rest of the way. No, I don't think that that's in the works. If, if anything, it would be after the year. Good. And I say that because I, I said it before. I think the work that, that Linger and Ann Smith, I know they're both listed quarterback coaches, you know, the, that they did with Luton and, and, you know, the leaps I've seen with Nolan from, from year to year. You know, I don't think, I don't think Luton's a, a NFL quarterback. I don't think he's drafted if, if that didn't happen in mm-hmm. his last year, mm-hmm. the performance he got. Um, you know, as for, as for Washington winning a couple games in a row, I didn't think Cal was that good the couple times I saw him before. I didn't watch that particular game, but I didn't think Cal was impressive this year either. So I, I don't know that um, I'm too worried about, you know, the fact that they pulled it together against Cal. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see when it, when it happens, but I'm, I'm honestly not as worried about the game now. Careful, careful. Because we, we put together a really good performance against <laughs> USC. So. I, I got you. Careful, though. Washington, Washington still has, they have good players, they're physical, they're, they're, 
they have more to play for in a sense coming here as Washington coming on the road. I mean, they're going to be highly motivated and they're healthier. They, they were without three key receivers in the Montana debacle. They still should beat Montana no matter what players line up for Washington against that school. They should win the game. I get that. But they are functioning better now, and they got off to a good start against Cal. Cal made adjustments defensively and reined them in, and Washington did not end that game well in the 31-24 overtime win, and it took a forced fumble. Cal had it first and goal at the two, ready to tie the game and send it into another overtime, but they did force a fumble, and the Huskies recovered and the game was over. I'm just saying, Dave, I agree that the Beavers right now and their trajectory and the way they've played and the body of work thus far through four games for both teams would lead you to think the Beavers are should be favored and, and should, quote-unquote, win this game. I'm just saying be careful about when you say, I'm not too worried about this. That's, you know, I don't, whatever fans think, whatever we think doesn't matter. It's what Nathan Eldridge just told us. The players aren't going to think that at all. They're going to take a laser-like focus into the game, and I think they will take care of business and win again. I do. But yep. but they, they need to maintain the, they can't become now, well, you know, well, here we are. We've arrived. No, no, no. They've got a lot of work to do to to keep to keep in a in a very real sense taking this thing forward. And I believe Jonathan and the, and his staff will have the players ready to do that Saturday. Yeah, and 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 the one thing I'll I'll just say is uh, I think I think at this point in the season, what I've seen, I'm I'm convinced that that our Beaver team is not a team that's going to get you know beat down like we have in the past. And I think that there's most of the games from here on out, we should be very competitive in. I'd be really surprised if we saw a lopsided loss yeah. from this team, the way they're playing right now. So I think I think we've turned that corner from where we have, you know, just even last year and the year before. But, uh, you know, there's the games that we just never were in it. So. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot, Dave. Great to hear from you. Thanks for the call. I don't, you know, Dave says, I think the phrase was, I'm not really worried. I'm always worried. You know, that's that's part of the nature of things. The, like count, you are. the count goes to 2-0. and oh. oh, my gosh, we might walk another. Time. Or the, the, the ninth guy in the dugout is, is the tying run. Is the tying run. I know, I know. And even even Saturday night in the Coliseum, when, when it was clear that the Beavers were the better team that night, heck, maybe they're just the better team. Not only that given night, they were the better team executed way better, more organized together. All of those things pointed to the Beavers winning the game, the way it started and the way they recovered from being down 14 to seven, took control. It was unbelievable to watch. But even at that, until Everett Hayes made it 45, 27 with a field goal, I had that degree of nervousness about, okay, okay. I mean, it has been 61 years. I've seen strange things in this stadium and in life, so I took nothing for granted until it was an 18-point lead with about two minutes you know, to go. You know, that was the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, that that wasn't. I mean, we're gonna maybe, we're celebrating now. As maybe the in your go, heart, yeah. it was it was uh, you were you were feeling at that. 42-17. I felt pretty good. Yeah, because because <laughs> you know you don't you don't want to get called out calling a game well in advance you could be on all the shows oh look at this guy he's yeah. how about the guy was nfl guy the vikings guys and yeah. the kick is good yeah. no good or no, something to that was, effect he it was it's good it's, and he went nuts and then his 
the yeah. he and the guy screaming over him, which drives yeah. me nuts. And they he go, missed oh, it. No, no it's he not missed good. it. That's ha- Dan that's Patrick brutal. had it as a as a uh, a promo because of the call, and it was against my Cardinals. Actually, I think that his name is Paul Allen, who's a tremendous yeah. broadcaster for the Vikings. Seeing it with his heart, thought it was you know just yeah. the kick must have looked good. I've never seen the tape. I've only seen or heard the audio yeah. of a poor guy declaring good and victory and having to retract it. The title of Ken Levine's book, Long Drive. Yeah, I think the title is It's Gone. Uh, no, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not criticizing yeah. anybody. No. I'm not in that position. What do we got here on the fan? Um, Michael in Lebanon okay. and will give him this opportunity. Okay. Wants to give an end-of-the-season shout-out to the Mariners. Michael in Lebanon's a big Mariners. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because there's and only the, two games left. No, that's not true. There's, I think they're... No, tonight and tomorrow night. No, they, they're home this weekend. No, you're, they're, there's... I think the Mariners have... Was I looking at that? I think you, yeah. Well, Michael will tell you what's left. It's not two games left. They're still in the hunt with, I think, they play tonight, have tomorrow off, and then three. So they got down to nine. Okay. I think there's four left for the Mariners. But Michael in Lebanon, a consummate Mariners fan, would know. What is the exact shot, Michael? It's been a tremendous season for them. They're still in it. How many games left? What do they need to have happen? They have five games. Uh, I think the game takes my call. Five games. They have two more with the athletics. And then Thursday off. Right. Yep. And then a three-game series with uh, Anaheim to end the season. At home. Uh, At home. Yep, exactly. All at home. Yep. And after last night's win, we are a game and a half out of the wild card with Toronto, Boston, and New York ahead of us. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, if the other three teams play as they should, just based off of their – you know, their season and how they've done against the teams they're playing. And if we win at least, well, last night it was five out of six, but tonight um, now we're starting four out of the next five, then there would likely be a two-team playing game to then get to the one-game wild card series. Right. So um, there's a lot of scenarios. You guys know I'm a Mariner fan, and I think this is probably the third year in a row that I've called you this time of year and say, you know, don't give up hope. There's always a chance. And uh, as a consummate fan, I'm hoping this year is different from the last couple of years and we actually make the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. Yeah, it's been a surprise. I mean, I've been surprised pleasantly by the run all year long because haven't there been times, Michael, there were for me several times along the way where I thought, well, this has been kind of a cute, nice little run, but they're starting to lose now and they're fading. But if they fade for a little bit, they surge back, right? I mean, they've been doing that all year. Yeah, exactly. I think it was um, that series not too long ago against Boston where I think we either lost two or three, even got swept. Uh, That's when I first, honestly, I mean, you know I'm a diehard, um, is when I gave up hope. But then we came back and won eight out of nine or ten on the road, and then we won last night. I think we're nine out of our last 11. And, um yeah, a game and a half out. So there's been moments. Um, all of May was horrible for the team. If we had a better May, we'd be much better situated uh, here in September. But it's like I told my dad and some of my friends, one of which was at the game last night. Um, I was sitting there, you know, on my stationary bike in front of the TV, texting them. It's late September. Um, it was right after Mitch Haniger hit the first mm-hmm. of his two, three-run home runs, and I was yelling and screaming at my team for the Mariners. I, I can't remember right. this late in the year being this so jacked up for the Mariners like I am right now. 
Yeah, we haven't talked about the Mariners since the Joe Beaver show uh, resumed back in uh, late August. And we did, we had a, uh, I think Aaron Goldsmith himself on talking a little yeah. bit about it, took a little heat for talking about the Mariners a month ago when they were still, you know, playing playing well and in the race from local fans saying, hey, it's Beaver's Joe Beaver show, it's Beaver football season. And I understood I understood the criticism. So, I mean, we haven't done as much on, or very little, in fact, on the Mariners, but they warrant they warrant your call here by all means today, Michael, because it's been a far better year than I think anybody reckoned upon, and it ain't over. They still have a shot yeah. heading into the final five games. Yeah. Exactly. Five to go, and as long as, I mean, hell, let's just win all five and take care of it, and the other teams beat each other up, and we'll be in the playoffs. That sounds win out, as they were saying. Thanks a lot, Michael. Have fun with this weekend. We hope that it works out right. well. Good to hear from you. We will take a break. Uh, speaking of demeanor and temperament and all that, I, I saw, John, I don't know if you did, TJ's back with audio, which we'll get to after the break and hope to hear a little bit from Brian Lindgren, offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach, and maybe even let TJ introduce it with a fresh look. But I did hear and see the video of the Beaver locker room after the win at USC and Jonathan getting kind of gathering the team around around and saying, Hey, you guys earned this. You guys earned this. Then a dramatic rhetorical pause. Well done on Smith's part, Jonathan's part. You earned this, but Hey, we ain't done yet. But he didn't even say without, he just said, we ain't done yet. And then the place erupts with noise, but I liked the four monosyllables and the vernacular ain't, we ain't done yet. Yeah. I liked it. It was a good message, and it wasn't jumping up on a table and jumping no. around and dancing around. Just, you guys earn this. We ain't done yet. Two good messages. Yeah, and that's, I asked to be for the Monday before the USC game about rah-rah speeches. Yeah. He doesn't give them. But he, the guys were rah-rahing a little bit. Yeah. But, but they were rah-rahing, not, you guys earn this, let's celebrate like it's yeah, 1960 yeah. and Get do the there. twist with Chubby Checker and let's go. No. We ain't done yet. Right. It was already, in that sense, on to whatever Bill Belichick said years ago. On to Cincinnati. <laughs> We're on to Washington. We take a break and come back with audio from today's practice. TJ's back in studio, 1240 Joe Radio. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beavs. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. Do you have a rock chip in your windshield that's bugging you? 
Stop by or give me a call. For Auto Glass Solutions, better call the Glass Man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glass Man. Starcaser Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, especially during these unprecedented times. Stargazer Premier provides contactless deliveries with a focus on keeping families and friends connected and safe. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off, that's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. TJ's back. We're going to have him introduce the Brian Lindgren audio in just a moment. But speaking of audio, priceless audio over the years, we get from Dave Softy Mahler and his passion for the Huskies as a member of the Husky Honks in his own show. Dave will join us on Friday. But to give us a sense, another voice we enjoy hearing in terms of audio over the years on this show, Mike in Seattle, by request, has uh, answered our request and has called the Downward Dog phone line. Thank you, Mike. And we look to you to kind of give us a a summation of what the mood is, what they're talking about in the great north in Seattle. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you, guys. Happy Tuesday. Uh, That was a great win on Saturday, of course. Um, Yeah, Husky fan up here is, uh, I think, ambivalent now after the loss that they had in the first game and then second game. Uh, and then if you watch that game on Saturday, it goes to overtime against Cal at home. Mm-hmm. And if Cal doesn't fumble going in in overtime, they might lose that game also. And mm-hmm. I think now, uh, I think the Husky fans, if they can't compete for the Pac-12 championship, they just kind of they just kind of consider a lost season, and they look to the following year. And then, of course, they all talk about their offensive coordinator, uh, and then Jimmy Lake, who's a fairly new coach. I, I think they're going to stay with all those guys, and I think they're going to be okay. But there's a lot of angst. Also, over Pullman, the you know there's still calls, you know, for that coach over there either to get inoculated or to move on, and. Um, it's going to be really interesting in a week from this coming Saturday at 1 o'clock in Pullman when the Beavers go over there. Yes, I, I dare say we'll be talking a little bit about Rolo and what's happening next week when yeah. we get into Cougar Week, Mike. No doubt about that with writers and different people yeah. who cover the team. We'll certainly get into all of that as the Beavers get ready to go to uh, the Palouse. But Saturday night's the thing, Mike. This is one of the bigger games. By winning, Jonathan has set this game up this Saturday at home 
one of the biggest he's had in his tenure here. Yeah, I think so too. You know, um, I think back to that game. I don't know what, uh, like 2008, 2009, you know, when the Huskies came down and laid kind of a big whooping on us after there was so much optimism. So, but I'm confident in this team and the coaches. There's a different feeling about them. They just go about their business and play good football. And if there's a mountain to climb, you know, like they have 10, 10, uh, and flags on them, you know, that doesn't get them down and they just keep plugging away. Yeah. And so uh, I am optimistic for Saturday. It's going to be hard. I'm going to be on a cruise ship in Alaska. So mm. I have to pull out all my technology tricks to get some kind of feed on that boat up there so I can hear the game or watch it. So it's not going to be easy to John, do. get tune in running. Get tune in running for me, please. Radio.net. Hey, we'll work on it. Mike, uh, stay on the line yeah, for a moment. Go. We're going to put you on hold as we bring TJ Mathewson in. Uh, TJ, go ahead and introduce what uh, kind of the mood after practice today, what you were able to see, what it looked like, and introduce this Lindgren piece for us, if you would. Yeah, it was good and there, Mike's finally on. There you go. Uh, it was a very positive, uh, a positive atmosphere, and you know, kind of reflected a lot of trust within the uh, within the system, within the the offensive system, and just kind of, you know, maybe a, a little bit of relief of you know it paying off. A lot of offensive work goes into that, and you, you get your biggest one of the season, and a lot That's of a, good a lot of yeah, a lot of. Again, trust in, in chance as well. There, there's, you know, you'll hear it in the auto, but a little bit of discussion about, you know, how much chance really has progressed this year to last. And, you know, just these little things he does in the pocket, you know, looking at his first, second, third read and, you know, just the blocking of the offensive line. And BJ, uh, BJ was a good quote, too. He was at practice that we could uh, hear, maybe hear that already audio tomorrow. He talked a little bit about, you know, him also just waiting his turn and, uh, behind Jamar and Artavis Pierce and, you know, just it really paying that patience paying off. And I think we saw that and reflects well in this win this past weekend. All right, let's fire it away here. Brian, in regard to chance, um, how much does he call plays change concepts things at the line of scrimmage? And how much does that change from a year ago? Um, yeah, we're asking him to do a little bit more. Last year we probably um, – just with a shortened spring and, and uh, you know, his first year in the system, didn't ask him to do as much of that a year ago. And uh, now that he's, you know, he's been in the system for, you know, going on his second season and um, he's put in a lot of work to try to learn learn what we're doing and why we're doing it. And so we, we, we have put a, a little bit more on him this, this year and um, I thought he did a nice job of it on Saturday, getting us into some of the right calls. Is, is he any more advanced at, at doing that than, say, you know, a quarterback of his, you know, he's been here in his second year, really. Or, or is he, is that pretty typical for a quarterback to be at the... No, we're, we're, we're pretty demanding of those guys. And by the second year, any, anybody that we've got in the program that should be able to make those checks or identify those fronts or alter the protections for us. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's worked hard. He's, he's worked hard. He's, he's, he's so much further along than he was a year ago. And um, he's worked hard to, to get himself in the position where he's, he's able to go out there and operate that stuff. Uh, on the road in a tough environment. Of, of the 19 throws he had Saturday, how many would you say went to the second or third receiver in the, on the play? Gosh, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, there were a few in there. Um, I think he's doing a lot better job of that. Like he's uh, a year ago, it was just one read, and I'm tucking it and rolling if it's not there. And, yeah. and now he's he's trusting the protection. He's sitting in there. He, he knows his progression. He understands it. I think he's understanding coverage more. Yeah. 
which is which is helping slow things slow down for him a little bit. Um, and really, with the exception of the uh, you know the two interceptions, I thought he was he was pretty on point in the passing game um, with his decision making and his targeting. You, you look so much more comfortable, you know, even when the pocket breaks down when he's getting pressure. I think about that. I think it was the third quarter throw where he hits Tyjon over the middle with, with Drake Jackson like literally right in his face. I mean, how much does that put you at ease as a coordinator being able to call you know certain plays or you know certain uh, certain schemes, knowing that? He's going to be calm and comfortable in there, kind of regardless of what gets thrown out. Yeah, it makes. I mean, it, it's a great feeling, and I, I think it's uh, something. Saturday was nice for him, and, and you see, it's like we were running the ball well, and when you're running the ball well, it just makes uh, makes the play calling a lot easier, and it makes everything a lot easier on the quarterback. Right, the protection's better, um, and and with him back there, yeah, I'd, he'd, I'd, I would I would uh, agree with you on him being more comfortable in the pocket. I mean, a year ago it was kind of happy feet back there a little bit. If the first thing wasn't there, I mean, his eyes were dropping down immediately and he was looking to bolt. And, and uh, now I think he's kind of, he's doing a nice job of working his progressions, but sometimes kind of feeling a crease or feeling it, feeling an open space and going to take it. And he made a big play on, I think it was maybe the first drive of the game on a fourth down um, to, puck, to tuck it and run. And, and that was a huge conversion and ended up leading to a score. Even when he, you know, you guys haven't thrown the ball 40 times with him at, at any point so far this season, but even in the you know 18, 19 attempts he's getting the game, like he's still hyper efficient and still hits down some downfield throws every now and then. I mean, how much does that help you guys out with keeping balance when even when you're only throwing the ball 19, 20 times a game, teams still have to respect the fact that he can take the top off you? Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, really, that's what we're striving for on offense: be able to run the ball and. Uh, and then uh, you know mesh your play actions, kind of interchange play actions in there, and, and try to keep the defense off balance. And um, and that was something a big point of emphasis in the offseason, kind of a challenge to our skill, you know, uh, quarterbacks and receivers is, you know, if we're running the ball well and we're going to get these loaded boxes and extra guy down in the in the, in the box to stop the run, that we got to make them pay downfield and create some explosives. And I felt like we've we've been able to do a little bit better job of that this year than we than we have in the last couple. In the first few weeks, he's talked about kind of getting a little bit of confidence and some swagger. I think he said in week two, three, like he's got this like healthy swagger about him now. How do you sustain that? You know, after a game like this where, you know, you now have a guy who's very much comfortable in himself and, and you have to keep that going for the rest of the two thirds of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty easy for him now that he's had um, success and especially success in the Pac-12. I think it's just, uh, you know, um, I think it's pretty easy to sustain when he when you go out there and he has success and the guys see him have success that uh, he just his confidence will continue to grow and um, he's not a super vocal guy um, but he but he does kind of lead with that quiet uh, moxie out there kind of plays with it out there and I think the guys feed off of it um, and uh, yeah you could just kind of you could feel it on Saturday um, if his confidence growing and and guys feeding off of it. With guys, the, go ahead. You guys ran the ball a lot on Saturday but obviously because it was working. I, how are you feeling about achieving that run uh, pass balance that you're looking for? Uh, well, I mean, we want to move the ball and, and score points and shoot. We, we felt like the, the run game was rolling and, and we were having success with it. And, and I think any time that you can do that, you're, um, you're running a little bit clock, at least with the, with the lead, and you're keeping your defense on the sideline and controlling the game that way. And um, we just decided to keep, keep with it and then just mix in the pass a little bit as we needed. And, but anytime you're, you're running the ball with that much efficiency, we're going we're gonna to stay with it. And, and then I think people, um, 
start loading up or start doing some things to take some of that stuff away, then, then you've got to be ready to with some of your action stuff or some of your drop back game to, um, to keep them off balance. With uh, regard to the tight ends, what specifically are they allowing you to do in the run game when you've got two of them out there? Uh, I just think they kind of lengthen the edges, and, and those guys are both uh, physical guys. I think Luke Musgrave's really improved as a run blocker. Um, Tegan's doing a nice job, and they're both uh, physical players. And, um, you know, you can do a lot of different things. You can get into wing sets. You can get into bunch sets, um, you know, creating some extra gaps on the outside, uh, make it make it tough for people to defend. You can We got into motion them a little bit. And, um, and just having that physicality on the edge and that size on the edge. Um, has really has really helped us. When you get tight ends in, into the program, how, what what is the selling job on them being a, a blocker first? Because I mean they, they're tight ends because they want to catch the ball, obviously. Yeah, yeah and uh, I mean those guys that really when you're recruiting them, they all want to see how many times they're going to catch, how many touchdowns they're going to catch, and what routes you're going to throw. Um, but deep down, I think those guys, you know, the guys that we're trying to recruit and that we want to get in the program are guys that are. They want to do both and want to excel at both. And I think the guys that want to play at the highest level have to do both. Um, and so that's something that Coach Wozniak, our tight ends coach, does a, does a nice job with, um, getting those guys to to be physical in the run game and take pride in it. Uh, and I think he's done a pretty good job for the first uh, you know the first couple of weeks there. How, how has Luke developed in that, in that part of his game of the, the run blocking? Because, I mean, we went into the season seeing him catch all those balls in camp, but yeah. he's been all about blocking. This yeah, he's... he's uh, um, I just think he's improved his technique, and I, I don't think I, he think he'd be the first one to tell you he's improved. He's not where he needs to be um, that way. He can he still has a bunch of growth to to, uh, to keep going with, um, but I just think his technique has improved, and and uh, Coach Waz done a good job with him that way, and um, he's done a nice job blocking. I mean, shoot, he hasn't caught as many balls as we'd like him to get. It just some of the calls have been necessarily maybe designed to get him and the coverage or. Yeah takes him somewhere the other way, but I think it'll end up evening out as we as we keep going through the season. How gratifying is it to, to see someone like DJ develop the way that he has and put up the numbers he has in, in today's college football world when you, you sit behind, you know, AP and Jamar and then another year behind Jamar. It, mo, more often than not, those guys are hitting the portal. Um, this is a kid that's kind of grinded it out, you know, and waited his turn, and now you're getting to see the results of that as, as a coach and a program that kind of preaches development. I'd, I'd imagine that's a nice feeling for you guys. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it is, it's a, I think it's just a good example for guys, you know, it's, you can, um, you never know when you're going to get called on just, uh, with, in that situation. And, and he has, he's stuck with it. He's been patient. He had, um, some opportunities in the, in the past couple of years to get in there and play a little bit, but he, he waited and kept, kept working and, um, got himself stronger and learned what we're trying to do and kept working on his technique. And, um, yeah, it's good to see, see it pay off for him. Um, yeah, I think it starts up front when you talk about rushing. And uh, I, I know going into the season, we were pretty high on, you know, very high on our offensive line. We got some veteran guys there, and, and uh, uh, they worked hard this summer to get themselves stronger. And I feel like those guys are really clicking right now. So I think it starts up front. And BJ has been in the system for a while, and I think he's uh, he's done a nice job of staying on his tracks, being patient. And then I really like his vision. I think he's had um, made some nice cuts, and then just the the physical way, the physical nature of the way he's finishing his runs. Uh, sometimes even those three-yard gains, he's falling forward and making it a four- or five-yard gain, which are, which are huge, especially as we get into, um, as we continue to play some of the Pac-12 teams that are more physical. That's all. 
the, the entire segment with offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach Brian Lindgren, who presents his, uh, his answers very thoughtfully and very well. Thanks to TJ for bringing that back to us. Thanks to all of you for listening again today. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Elise Woodward, the sideline reporter for the Huskies, will join us amongst other folk, including somebody from the defense. Not Judd, but somebody else for the defense. See you tomorrow. Okay, Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio.